What's up, Nerd Talk Nation? As you can probably tell, this is not your normal host. Um, this is definitely not Jordan. This is Alicia subbing in for Jordan. And I have today with me Micah, who is, um, I'm so happy that he is joining me on this podcast to talk about Back to the Future Part 2. Micah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, a couple months ago, we did, we kind of talked about the trilogy as a whole, but we really focused on the first movie. So mm-hmm. um, it's glad uh, I'm glad to be back and not back to the future, but just back for another episode of Nerd Talk. Yeah, same here. So, like Alicia said, we are going to be covering Back to the Future Part Two. Um, Alicia, what were your original thoughts of? Can you think of the first time that you saw this movie, or? When were you? Well, let me ask you this: Did you see these movies as a kid, or did you see them as kind of uh, a teenager or an adult? Where, when did you see these movies for the first time? What's a rerun? I saw them as a like a teenager, okay. more than likely, um, because so Back to the Future Part One came out in 1985, which is the year I was born. Um, we talked about that on the first podcast. So I will on the first the Back to the Future Part One podcast. So I would say first for our listeners, if you haven't listened to that one. Go listen to that one first, and then we'll be waiting right here for you when you come back. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so for part two, part two was released in 1989. I was four years old for those people who like math. Um, I, it's very, I guess it's possible that I saw them, but we were also living overseas at the time. So I don't know if I just, if we may have not watched them until we got back. Um, I can remember watching them on TV for, cause they were always on TBS and TNT growing up. So I can remember in USA, probably I can remember watching them probably in my middle school years. So at that point they probably all come out. Cause that would have been like 95, 96, 97, 98, like those years. But so it was probably at least five or so years removed from, the second one being released that I actually watched them. Yeah. I think for me, um, I don't know if you remember this or not, Alicia, but like there was a point where McDonald's sold VHSs. And oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They did like these, they did specials. Like if you bought a, a value meal, you could get a movie for $15 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember they did like the original star Wars trilogy. Um, they sold them as individuals, like, you know, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, but they were individuals. They weren't the actual trilogy, but, and mm-hmm. then you, um, Back to the Future is one of them. So I remember my grandmother buying me the first Back to the Future on VHS. And as a young kid, I was thinking, man, I, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. Um, but my mom and I used to watch it and really enjoyed it. And then, um, my grandma was like, did you know there's a second one and a third one? So like, naturally back then my grandmother worked in a factory before she retired and she uh you know loved her soap operas her daytime soap operas so she would record uh, mm-hmm. um her daytime soaps on a vcr which we're really dating ourselves uh yeah. but like the idea that you could record something on a vhs and watch it later was just revolutionary for the time. So long story short, uh, my grandmother found out that, you know, back to the future two and three were going to be on TV. And so my mm-hmm. grandmother recorded them for me, uh, so yeah. that I could watch them. So I remember well, watching. Funny. You should mention that. Cause I do remember my, my parents had, um, like a small, 
maybe up to my waist now as an adult, um, cabinet full of VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were things that we recorded from TV. And then we would just watch them over and over again. I can remember things like Pretty in Pink, a lot of the stuff from like the late 80s, early 90s, Back to the Future, um, Adventures in Babysitting. I mean, we had so many movies recorded like that. And then we would just pop them in whenever. Well, I remember like the commercials. Do you remember like the VHS tapes that were like six and eight hours long that you could record that much stuff on them? Oh yeah, there were like three movies on there, and you had to fast forward to get to the one you wanted. Oh yeah. yeah. The the cool thing to do when we were in high school was when they had like a HBO free weekend or a Stars free weekend or just record uh, a bunch of them. Yep, and they wouldn't have commercials on them, so like you know that was a big deal. Um, Isn't it funny? Can I pause to say this? Isn't it funny that you and I didn't meet until we were like 28, 29 and we have similar experiences like that because that, and that just makes me think that, I mean, there had to have been so many other people that were doing that. I just think it's funny. Yeah. Well, it's incredible. The technology you and I were talking about tonight before we started recording, but like we're, we have a tradition around the 4th of July where we watch Independence Day and we watch the Sandlot. And right now, mm-hmm. as as of the date of this recording, uh, those two movies are not on any streaming platform. So mm-hmm. you and I were like sitting on the couches earlier like, man, do we really got to get up and put the DVDs? Yeah, dig through our, DVD, our boxes of DVDs. Or Blu-rays and like put them yeah. in the Blu-ray player and then like actually have to press play. Or, yeah, so like, yeah, whatever. It's like we're just, you know, we're we're... We're suffering real hard, right? Like, um, oh yeah, the idea that we actually have to get up and put something in a Blu-ray player. Um, never thought that we'd get there. So, <laughs> right. um, and now that we are, it's like, man, we're so lazy. But <laughs> <laughs> so, Back to the Future Part Two comes out in 1989 after the first uh, installment of the Back to the Future trilogy. And mm-hmm. a brief description, according to IMDb, says after visiting 2015, Marty McFly must repeat his visit to 1955 to prevent a disastrous change, uh, disa- to prevent disastrous changes to 1985 without interfering with his first trip. Yeah. So, Alicia, having watched this film recently, mm-hmm. where do you think this film? And I think I know the answer to this question. Where do you think this film ranks among the three? Because I know that you're not not a huge fan of this one. However, I know that you're a huge fan of the third one and probably the first one would be probably your second. And then the, the second one would be your last pick. If I'm yeah, guessing. Why do you, why do you ask questions to which you know the answer to? Well, cause I'm married to you and <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, this one would rank last for me. And I like, and I think part of it is because it's probably because of how dark it gets. Yeah. That I'm trying to think about it. Like, the first one was very lighthearted and it just felt very fun because we're in the fifties and the music and so everything. So it beat the third one. I don't know why, but I love the fact that it's in the West. Um, I'm not a big Western fan, right? But like, I love back to the future three. Yeah. But I, I think that if you're ranking the, the three movies, then this back to the future part two is always going to come last in my ranking. But again, I think it's because of how dark it goes when you go back, to the the new version if you will of 1985 and how um just how dark biff's character is mm-hmm. like sinister is probably the best word i can think to describe him and i think that's probably why it would rank third of the three yeah um, what do you think what is because i think your rankings are different i think you like the first one first one's the probably best. my favorite 
but I don't know between this between two and three, probably one three two them. for me. Yeah, one three and two. Yeah, uh, I think the first is iconic. Yeah, and it's it's hard for me to put three over one. Mm-hmm. Uh, three is great, and like I said, I'm not a huge Western fan. My grandfather mm-hmm. used to be just the biggest fan of Western movies, John Wayne and yeah, and all those those characters and Clint Eastwood, and so like, you know, I just never got into it. But for Back to the Future Three, I thought it was a great, it was a nice touch, right? Yeah. And so for for the timeline's sake of you know them going back into the old West, it was great. So yeah. um, I always like Back to the Future Two here's the reasons I do like back to future two, you know, I, having lived through 2015, <laughs> yeah. um, what were your thoughts on what the future of Hill Valley looked like in the year 2015? So like kind of to set the stage, right? So like they get done with the first movie at the end of the first movie, Doc comes back and sees Jennifer and Marty. And he's like, you got to go back with me. He's like, where he's like to the future. And so yeah. they go to the future and it's the year 2015 and mm-hmm. it's, it's Hill Valley, but it's, you know, futuristic Hill Valley for what they're thinking and hoping that the year 2015 was going to be. So go ahead. What yeah. um, I was going to say, I going back to your, your question, then I'll move on to this one. Um, I liked back to the future part two up until they went to back to the, the old or the new 1985. I thought the future stuff was fun. Um, I love the creativity that it took of thinking about, okay, what might the future look like? And because at that point it was like 30 years from now, what is it going to look like? Um, so, you know, I think it's completely logical for them to think, okay, in 30 years we'll have advanced to have flying cars. Like the, the stuff that, um, that they like it was completely reasonable. To, right. To I think things. at that point it was, yeah. um, I mean, the hoverboard, I love the hoverboard stuff. Um, what was the Pepsi? What do they call it? Pepsi something. Pepsi free? No, Pepsi free was the in the, in the 50s. 85 one. Um, 80s, I, I also love the parallels. Like, I love there was a skateboard in the third one. And there was, a, they, they started that in the second one. Yeah. Um, but I love the parallel, the parallels that they did the video conferencing. That was really fun because we do very much have that video conferencing. I mean, right now we're using a zoom call to, to record this podcast. So like, I mean, they did get some stuff right for sure. Um, I'm glad that we don't dress like that. I'll say that for sure. I'm glad that in 2015, we weren't dressing like the people in the eighties in the eighties were thinking that we would dress what did you think yeah i think you're right you know right on the the money with that that analysis but it's like you know they they kind of had to like okay we're gonna dream about what the future would look like yeah. without knowing what the future would look like absolutely so like do we still wear the same things that we wear but just modify the way they're worn yeah or, like put wearing with the pockets inside it out yeah, and then power laces, and we still have Nike stuff, and we still have, mm-hmm. you know, the hoverboards. I remember a couple of years back, like there was hoverboards, but they weren't really like hoverboards, if that makes sense. Uh, they yeah. were like, they were basically motorized skateboards on two wheels. That yeah, you know, they weren't really hoverboards to what we see in you know the Back to the Future movie, right? But 
or movies because it makes a you know another appearance in the third one but the the idea of you know guessing what the future was like i mean i think that's just outstanding um Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things and it was like one of my questions for you uh like what was your favorite thing about the future and for me was the whole like where they stick the pizza in the thing and (laughs) it's done in like like 10 seconds and it's like it's literally the size it's a it's a dehydrated pizza yep and then they put it in the hydrator yep and they blow it up to be like an extra large pizza and it's like half and half and it's like um you know half vegetarian and half pepperoni and um uh, another thing that i noticed and you're just you know, as you were talking about Alicia, but the, the idea of um, you and I both have back problems. And so when George <laughs> comes in, yeah, but it's, they have those now and they're called inversion tables. Yeah. Right. It doesn't like carry around like it did for him. Right. That movie, right. But like it, it's stationary and it keeps you upside down. Um, what was, what was your favorite futuristic idea? Um, I know, I, I know. Marty's jacket being able to automatically dry after Shut it rains. up. Because, because you... I mean, honestly... <laughs> you love a good raincoat. I love a, I love a good raincoat. Um, I did love that. I, I thought that was funny. Um, the self-drying jacket. Yes. Um, I've always loved the, the concept of a hoverboard. Um, I think it's funny because I don't... I haven't gotten on one like a scooter since I was a teenager. Um, because I never could understand even after several incidents why I should wear tennis shoes when riding those and not wearing flip-flops. Um, can't tell you the number that has happened to my number of injuries that have happened to my feet that have been self-inflicted because I decided that I wanted to wear flip-flops while riding a scooter. So I will say that, um, the hoverboard, but the hoverboard is always something that I loved. Um, I do love the pizza thing too. You know, we joke, um, Pizza and frozen pizza and salad is one of our staple weekly meals. Um, and they don't take very long, but how awesome would it be to just give this tiny little disc of a pizza that's like smaller, smaller than a CD, put it in something and it's ready in like 10 seconds. Like that's just such a funny concept. Um, yeah, (laughs) I guess those are probably my two favorites. Well, and you nailed it too with the Zoom call, and I never thought about that when he gets fired from his job. Yeah, and, but he has like uh, the faxes yes. that that cracked me up because faxes have almost died completely. Like so many people don't use fax anymore. Right. Um, another thing is like the the thumbprint to get in the house. Yep. Like as a key, and I mean, we kind of have that. I mean, you have punch codes, which you even had back then, um, but with all but with all of the smart technology and. Um, and things like that. Like, I'm sure that those, that that thing, that kind of technology exists. I've never actually looked into it, but I'm sure it does. Yeah. Um, the idea of, well, well, they use that too, right? With the door, uh, younger Jennifer was able to get into the house. Yeah. Because, because for fingerprint. Yep. Right. And well, the cops take her in there like, you know, you gotta be safe, Mrs. McFly. And they just yeah. kind of use the thumbprint and they let her in. Um, yep. what, I think you were right about the dark. I want to go back to uh, to the dark comment you made about as you know this movie being a little bit darker at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the same thing, and I think that's part of the reason it's not really my favorite. Like, yes, you have to have a villain, and yes, you have to have you know that person playing off the good and playing off of the mm-hmm. um, 
you know, like the good versus evil conversation, but like the, the idea that, you know, Biff is, is, is ultra powerful because he's went back and he's changed the timeline. And mm -hmm. uh, you and I were talking about it on the way home the other day, but like principal Strickland, they were like shooting mm -hmm. at him with guns at his porch. He's the principal of the high school and he's getting yeah. shot at on yeah. his porch and he's like slackers. And he like takes off down the street with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, they had uh, everything about that futuristic moment was just kind of off for me. Um, and they call it hell Valley, right. Instead of hill Valley. Yeah. And Doc Brown makes the remark in the movie. He's like, you know, I'm, 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 you know, hell's probably not a, <laughs> a far assumption from what this actually is when yeah. he's describing the timeline and what's going on and what Biff actually did yeah. um, over that, the, the book uh, that, you know, that, that Marty wants to go back and gamble and get rich. And, um, but anyway, yeah, I would agree with you. It's a it's super dark, super, mm -hmm. um, you know, Biff getting all that power money. He ends up getting to marry Jennifer uh, and ultimately murdering, you know, Marty's dad and it, it, all these weird things. Like, I think it was, would you, would you think that it's a good thing or a good illustration of the fact that, you know, what if evil actually won? Is this what it would look like? And so I think they did a great job of illustrating that. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Um, and you said, you said, Mary Jennifer, I can't remember his mom's name, but um, in the movie, like her, her real life name, or no, Leah Thompson is the character, yeah. is the person, but you said he, Lorraine. Uh, Biff, Lorraine, Lorraine, yeah, Lorraine. Um, but yeah, to your point, like I feel like that would be what happened if evil won, um, right? Especially given this, given this scenario, I mean, it just goes to show you that money, I mean, money is great, but when you let it control your life. Um, it can really turn you into a really, really dark person. Um, because honestly, like you could have all of the things that you still have and not be that hateful. You know, like I always, I always joke when, um, we get like spam email or, um, people trying to hack into things. Um, one of the things I joke about a lot at work is, why can't people just use their powers for good? Because I mean, you, you make so much more of an impact when you do things for a good purpose. Um, so I think that use it, letting money control you, because that's really what it ends up being is you're, you're letting money control you because you feel like you can't ever have enough. But back to your question, like, yeah, I can absolutely see that this is, this is what happens when bad people get a lot of power. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the pacing of this movie? Do you think that like, you know, at the very beginning there at 1985 movies kind of resolve from the first movie, you get to the, you get to the future. They're not in the future very long, right? They're there for 15, 20 minutes. And then, uh, Marty finds out he has to go back to 1955. And it's like, yeah. I was more excited when they went back to 1955, I think, <laughs> because I was like, Oh, they get to go back and, you know, I love it when Doc Brown's like, I don't believe it. <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they go back to, they go back to 1955. Yeah. And so, um, which kind of leads me to my next question. You know, how do you feel about, you know, Marty and Doc's perspective looking at their, I guess it would be their past selves um, in real time, right? Because mm -hmm. they've already rewritten, not rewritten, but the timeline is being written in real time. So they go back. The 1955 and you see doc see 
his younger self. And you see Marty seeing, you know, himself playing at the back, uh, the, the enchantment of the sea dance. I can't never remember the name of that. Mm-hmm. The enchantment of the sea dance. Um, he's, and you made the comment, we were on our way from home. We were on our way home from work the other day and you made the comment about um, him seeing himself play the guitar or something. And mm-hmm. you were like, Oh, he's pretty good. <laughs> or, or, the, or blues riff and B flat guys just follow the change. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of conversation. And, and the, what did you think of those things? Those little, uh, when, um, you know, they were able to go back and kind of see themselves. And I think even, well, this is the one where doc, interacted with himself mm-hmm. right oh yeah he did yeah yeah um yeah i will say that i'm i was happy to see them go back to 1955 but i think that it was for the reason that i talked about it was just so dark in the past in this second version of 1985 that it was just like i was happy to see some brightness back to it um and even the filmography too like the cinematography of that like 2015 was super bright 1985 was super dark and then 1955 was kind of like a halfway in between like the way that it was shot um so i was definitely happy to see them go back to 1955 to get back to where they needed to be um i'm glad that they didn't stay very long in 1985 before they had to go back um but i do think that they it was it was neat seeing like it, i mean it was almost a movie within a movie right like you're seeing or almost like you know we talk about our all of our nerd stuff it's almost like Avengers Endgame when they're going back to see and to to kind of make a difference in the timeline, so to speak, without running into the their past selves. Um, I do think it's funny how much Doc was stressing to to Marty, like you can't run into your, you can't have any interactions with your with your old self, and then he goes and does the exact thing. Not not that obviously he intended on doing that. Um, but I do think that it was, it was funny that he did it. Yeah. Um, the idea that you could possibly go run into yourself and doc was stressed about that the whole time. And I think, you know, obviously doc Brown is a little bit high strung and that's the nature of his character. Really? Great Scott. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, uh, that's heavy. It is heavy. There's that word again. Um, the, there's so many pieces of this movie that, you know, connect the dots. Um, you mentioned Biff earlier. Mm-hmm. I think that Biff can be up there with one of the most heinous and, and menacing villains of all time. And I don't think that he gets enough props. What do you think? Especially in this I, one. Like he was, he was yeah, worse in and, this one than he was the other two. And that's what I would say. Like if you're, if you're saying that, you know, the character of Biff belonging on like an ultimate villains list. It definitely has to be the Biff from back to the future part two, 100% hands down because the other ones, it's just in every other movie, Biff's character has been kind of like the dumb evil guy. Like, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Like he can never get the punchline right. And up to that point, like he's been, he's, he's, I would consider him a bully, but not a villain. But in back to the future part two, he kind of pushes ahead. It's like, he's no longer a bully. 
He's 100% a villain because he's so much more spiteful. Bullies tend to be somewhat not threatening because they're kind of dumb. Yeah. Villains, like, they have some sort of ulterior motive in acting the way that they do. So I think that they end up being more more sinister as a result. But I definitely think if you're comparing all three movies, he definitely is more sinister in this one for sure. And more of a villain. Yeah, I think that he like you think about that scene uh in the in the tunnel at the end of the movie when mm-hmm. when Marty's on the hoverboard and he's trying to get that the book, the almanac, and he basically just is trying to kill him. Like he like <laughs> he's willing to run him over for that book and he doesn't care. And then Doc yep. you know, obviously Doc saves him and he runs into the, the manure. Manure. You know? Um, I hate manure. Like the, <laughs> there are so many good moments. However, um, <laughs> I he's I think he should be included in in that conversation of you know top villains of all time. Yes, uh, I 100 percent agree. But again, it has to be that that part two Biff, not one or three. Yeah, because three wasn't. I mean, I he's know. more of the dumb guy. Yeah, um, and he's. And he's a completely different character, right? Because he's the he's the Mad Dog Tannen or the right, you know, like his ancestor versus um, you know the actual Biff that we see in one and two. Um, what was your favorite part of this movie? Did you have a favorite part? Because I know this isn't your favorite of the three. Um. Why don't you tell you? Why don't you tell me your favorite part, and I'll let me ponder that a little bit. This is going to sound so minor, but when he's in the future, actually, it's it's the future and the past. The future. I, I love how Marty always outsmarts Biff's uh, gang. Biff's, mm-hmm. you know, lackeys, right? Lackeys, yep. And in 2015, he's in that hotel, that fancy, you know, skyscraper. That scene when he runs up the stairs and he jumps down the stairs and then runs back up the stairs and he he, <laughs> he tricks he tricks the guys that yeah uh, are chasing him and then Biff, you know, obviously sees him and you know meets him up on the roof. Like, how stupid are those guys? Like, I think it's just it's amazing how dumb they make them. And then if you go back to 1955. At the end, when he's they get back to 1955 and he's at the dance, and Marty's seen himself play, and they don't want to beat the guy, the the version of Marty up on the stage. Marty mm-hmm. goes up on the truss on top of the stage, and he uh, he undoes Gets the, the rope, sandbag, yeah, drops the sandbags on him. One of my favorite lines uh, from his lackeys are, "How did he change his clothes so fast?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I I just enjoy how oblivious uh, Biff's characters yeah. are. Um, and if I were to name something that didn't have to do with the villains, uh, maybe the end of the movie when when the guy from uh, it's not FedEx, right? It's, Western Union. Stop taking my answers. I'm so sorry. I was thinking. Okay, <laughs> take that answer. Take it away. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say it's going to sound dumb because 
I think it just goes to show how much I love the third one that like one of my favorite parts was at the very ending when the DeLorean gets struck by lightning and he's just standing there in the rain and the guy from Western Union drives up and, you know, they had a, a, a poll of, you know, if, if the person was actually going to be there uh, when they brought the letter and, um, and it is partially cause like, okay, you then know that doc is okay. But then it's also like, now we have another movie to look forward to. And so it was just like, I love that part, but I was going to say another one, that one was, that one's my favorite, but I would say that another one is um, when Marty is trying to get, when he's trying to get the almanac from principal Strickland and he goes into his office and he's like, you know, trying to figure out um, he's mumbling about how, how dumb these kids are and he pulls the bottle of liquor out of his desk. I feel like that's such an eighties thing. Um, it's like to have that kind of scene. And I mean, because it was shot in the eighties, but um, to have like people having liquor in their desk drawers, being like, I don't granted we work at a school, so I don't think that happens, but I've never seen a place where that. Actually you don't have a bottle of bourbon in your desk drawer. No, or, unfortunately or like, I don't. I, I don't think I know anybody at Miami that has. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, and I think that's the point I'm making. Like it just, it's very much, I think like a, I think it may have started dying in the eighties. Cause I feel like there was a, was there something like that in breakfast club where he pulled liquor out of his, his desk drawer, the principal. Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, but when he, he's trying to get the, um, the almanac and he puts his hand up and principal Strickland like backs his hand and he's trying not to scream. <laughs> and then yeah. it ends up being that like the naughty magazine, it wasn't even the almanac Yeah. after all that. And it was in this jacket. Um, yeah. Well, since you, since you referenced the, the, the Western Union guy, mm-hmm. um, do you remember when you first saw this and, and saw the Dorian struck struck by lightning? How did you feel when you, you were like the same grow- way I feel every time I watch it? Was, so, know, so how is that? What what's funny about these things, like, you know, we, we talk about this in a lot of the movies that we watch, um, like how emotional they are. Like, I already know that everything's gonna be okay, but it doesn't stop me from crying. Like, remember the Titans. I cry every single time I watch you that. You cry movie. during Back to the Future too? No. That's what that was my question. I'm though. talking about my emotions. I like, know. I'm giving they, you a hard like time. you you feel those emotions even though you know that it's gonna be okay. Like you know that he's okay because there's a third one. Um, but I think that not being able to say with hundred percent accuracy, my guess is that I was very upset that it had like that it got struck by lightning. Um, but it's then that just that small amount of hope when you see the Western union guy and you find out there's going to be a third one, because I mean, I don't know if I, if I fully understood that when as I watched the, the second one as a kid, that there was a third one, you know? Yeah. Well, Do you I have any specific memories about that? I just remember when Marty screams, he's alive. And like the Western Western Union guys, like what's this? What's the meaning of this? And it's like, yeah. I don't know, but I gotta go. <laughs> and, you know, and like that, the the Alan Silvestri music plays the the notorious, you know, like kind of like, <laughs> yep, that whole like, oh, you know that you know it's about to get really really good. Mm-hmm. And so, 
But then he runs back to the to the main street in Hill Valley, and Doc just sends Morty back. To the oh, I love that part. And then he's like, oh, it's so like, good. It's like, you're right, Doc. You're right. But I'm back from the future. Yeah. And, and he just faints, and that's the <laughs> end of the movie. And you're like, oh, I just want to like hang up this podcast call right so now good. and go watch these right now. I um, know. Let's do it. Um. Well, we're kind of on a holiday, so we could probably, but we're old <laughs> and we couldn't stay up past ten o'clock. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those uh when that happened i was like oh this is that, that's bad this is bad um one of the the other things and we didn't talk about it that the one of my other favorite parts it's so small but in the first movie the delorean is powered by what like um n- nuclear i lo- i don't i'm not going to give you the word Plutonium. Plutonium. So, there you go. So Doc steals plutonium so that he can power the DeLorean. And so which which is what sets up the the ending of the first one, which is, you know, mm-hmm. 1.21 gigawatts and, you know, bolts of lightning and the, the DeLorean has to be struck by lightning in order to what? Power it. Right. And so one of my favorite parts is in the second one when Doc comes to get marty and jennifer <laughs> he's throwing like the he he replaced it with a fusion peel. a fusion yeah. uh food processor so yeah. like he's throwing in a, an empty beer can and what's left of the beer he's throwing in a banana, banana peel. peel he's throwing in an apple core like all these yeah. random things and you know he it's so much easier to power and, and fuel and he doesn't need the plutonium anymore so i thought that that was a really cool thing yeah but, what's, but the ironic thing is at the end of the movie guess what happens he gets struck by lightning which mm-hmm. then sends him back to the the Wild West. So, yeah. um, these movies are so good. They are so good. The second one, you know, even though it's not our favorite, there are moments yeah. in it where you're like, oh, this is just. Yeah, like, I will, I will say that, like. It's a good middle part of a book. It like, is. It is. Like, I will, I will watch them. Like, it's one of the, I think the Back to the Future will always be one of those movies that, even though we own them on Blu-ray, if they are on TV, I will watch them like 100% of the time and I'll still watch two. It won't be my favorite, but I'll sit there and watch it. Great Scott. Great Scott. Great Scotch. Are there any other thoughts that you have about back to the future too? Like any other favorite parts, any other things that you would change? We didn't ever really talk about that. Is there something that you would have changed about this movie other than the Jennifer who played Jennifer that Jordan didn't know about, by the way? Until we told him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I Would you have I spent more time say, in the future, for example? Like, I thought that they didn't spend very long in 2015. Yeah, I would say that that wouldn't, that definitely wouldn't hurt. I will say that, like, as dark as the, the that version of 1985 was, I get it. Like, I get why they had to do it the way they did. Um, I might have gone a little bit easier, maybe not so dark. Um, I don't know. It just felt so, I'm going to use a word, heavy. It just felt very heavy, like, with all of the stuff that went on in it. I don't know. Um, not that they would have known. It would have had, it. you know, you could have put some different things in there about 2015. But again, that was... 30 years removed, they weren't sure what it was really going to look like at that point. Um, 
But I can definitely see like maybe spending more time in the future. But maybe that's why they didn't spend a lot of time in the future because they didn't know what else they could quote unquote predict about it. You know? Yeah. Um, I was going to say that too, as far as the, you know, the idea of like, I would love to see more of the future. Mm-hmm. However, they were only guessing, right? Right. The eighties, the eighties were happening in real time and they already knew what the fifties were like. So they were able to, to really kind of write and play off of those. Right. As stronger pieces of the overarching story. Um, same thing with like the Western, what we get in back to the future three. So, right. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts you have on Back to the Future Two? I can't wait to get on uh, and do another episode for Part Three because I know you're gonna you're gonna love to do that one. That'll be my favorite because the best part about it is getting able to prep for it and watch it again because I do love that one. Yeah. Um, no more. I mean, I guess my last thought is that one thing that I will I will say that they did very well with all three of these movies is really try to parallel them enough so that you would catch things like that are happening repeat repeatedly, um, you know, history repeating itself, but also giving each piece of it enough of their own spin. So that it doesn't feel like you're watching three versions of the same movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, friends, if you have thoughts on back to the future too, we would love to, to hear them, um, you know, comment on our social media. We're on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, about Back to the Future too. We'd love to hear from you about uh, other topics we would want to, you know, you would want us to cover on the, on the podcast. So with that said, we will catch you next time on Nerd Talk. Bye.